Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online. 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. We are available to you as a podcast or a radio loop. No, I'm not going to go through the full story of how that works today. I'm going to guess you've been there. When you get to www.centerlefttalkradio.com, look at the two first links on that homepage, You'll be able to figure out the difference. You're listening to us as either a podcast or a radio loop. Stick around. Um, Interesting thoughts this morning. We are clearly in a post-election mode. Um, We're not where I. We're not where most people thought we'd be. We're, We're not where. We're not where most pollsters have told us we would be, or with any kind of accuracy, for probably the last three or four election cycles now. Something something has gone screwy in the way pollsters, well, may, maybe they're getting honest answers at a given moment. They're getting these snapshot responses from voters. But to extrapolate, it seems, beyond just the moment uh, that a particular question or a particular survey goes out and, and the standard methodologies are used, you know, we're doing a sample of X number of people, you were a prior voter, a current voter, blah, 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 and from that we will extrapolate, and there'll be a one or two point margin of error either way. That, that all seems to be getting, uh, getting less than accurate results these days. By every indication, Tuesday, November 8th, and I didn't want to, I've said pretty much everything but this on air prior to that. Uh, Tuesday, November 8th should have been a drubbing of, I, I, I would call it either Clinton-esque or Obama-esque proportions, their first midterms after their first election victories. Uh, Clinton, if, if, if you remember with, with Bill Clinton, that first midterm, that was the midterm when George Pataki uh, defeated uh, Mario Cuomo here in New York State. And at that election, I remember this so clearly, uh, Clinton's star had fallen so rapidly in those first two years of his term, his first term, that it was said with, 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 some, with some accuracy that a, that a Democrat could not be elected dog catcher anyplace. Uh, Mario Cuomo, six months or eight months earlier, had been the absolute odds-on favorite to repeat as governor of New York State. George Pataki was little more than what they called the actuality guy that was used by Republicans in New York. He, he was a state senator, as I recall, a Republican state senator. And any time you needed to have what, was, what used to be called an actuality, it was Pataki's voice that was used because he had kind of a garish kind of a voice and a rough delivery. So he would be the guy who they would use to record a message, a telephone message, that essentially was done in the form of what sounded like an interview. And you could, the, you could in the studio, mix in whatever, whatever audio you needed to sound as though you were interviewing him. But he would invariably be um, knocking, I mean, really garishly knocking some Democratic position and saying something really ugly and mean, and he became known to me and my, my, at that time, very young son. You know, he was like three, three years old or something at the time. Uh, uh, as Wacky Pataki. We would joke about this. Honestly, Wacky Pataki. I, I remember this. I was, uh, I was heading up communications at, at, at Blue Cross here in New York City at the time. 
and I would come across these different uh, these different actualities, as we call them. You, the way it was done, you 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 literally dialed a number, and there was a and there was a. Um, uh, you could then go into a subdirectory, you know, uh, hit one for this, hit hit one for a Republican message concerning, and they give you a topic. And so you could simply, by picking this up, do an interview, as it were. You could get an interview on a particular topic or subject that had been pre-recorded, and that you could mix and match your own questions in there. And this was commentary that you could use on air. They were called actualities. Honestly, I, I, I am, I, I don't, I haven't been in that business in a while, and I don't even know if actualities are still out there. But George Pataki, we called him, and my son would laugh about it. D oh, Daddy had to listen to Wacky Pataki today. And the next thing we knew, he, he was the governor of New York at a time and in a year when Democrats just could not win. Uh, it, it, was the, it, was, it was just an impossible, impossible situation. And, and many people, and, and, and again, there was, there was sort of a repeat of that uh, in, at, at, uh, during the first midterm for Barack Obama. He basically, and, 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 and there's, a famous, there's a famous bit of video clip saying, him saying to a reporter after the election result, he said, we, we was whooped, is what he said. We got whooped. I think he lost something like, I don't know, 65 seats in the House, and, 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 it, was, and it was something not, not so dissimilar uh, for Bill Clinton back in his first midterm. Things tend to align that way. And you add to that in this particular midterm cycle the fact that inflation was flailing, is flailing, people are feeling it, the supply chain issues that are generating it, the post-COVID, everything attempting to still kind of rework itself back into functionality. It's not there. People know this, by the way. Then you add to that uh, essentially that the, the post-COVID crime wave, well, it's not a crime wave, in increases in crime, particularly in large cities, particularly among minority populations, particularly among people who essentially were uh, marginalized further during COVID with the school-related situation and the lack of educational processes. All of this is playing out in multiple ways throughout the country. So you take that, you take the normal pushback of a first midterm after one party has taken the presidency, the House, and the Senate, and Tuesday, November 8th, should have been, to call it a Republican tsunami, would have been an understatement. The Republicans should have massacred the Democrats on Tuesday, November the 8th. They, to say they did not would be the ultimate understatement. As we sit here right now, as of, as of it is, it is uh, uh, not quite 6 o'clock in the morning here in New York on the 11th of November, a Veterans Day as a matter of fact, There'll be a parade later in Manhattan. I gather, I'm hearing that, that, that it's supposed to have a little more oomph to it uh, with all of the veterans that have come out of the, all of the wars that the U.S. is kind of getting out of, you know, post-Afghanistan, post-Iraq, uh, post a lot of things. Um, it should be a little bit more active. But, but today, uh, we, we, we are is still not, ha we still don't have an absolute statement about who runs either the House or the Senate. As of this morning, as of a few minutes ago, looking on air, and I'm going to give this to Steve Kornacki, who does this on MSNBC and who's become sort of the the play-by-play -play guy, the color commentary and play-by-play -play guy for elections, certainly for the whole NBC uh, contingent of, of stations and cable networks and everything else. There is a five-seat difference, declared difference, in the Congress. So it's 220 to 215. 
That's the number. And that number still has a seven-point plus or minus variability factor. The bottom line is, while everybody has assumed that the House of Representatives is a fait accompli and there's no way on earth that the, that the Republicans will automatically have it by a, by a whisker, by a whisker, that is not technically true yet. The House is still in play. And the Senate winds up being in the same situation that it was uh, two years ago, and in fact the same state that will affect the final composition and the power structure of the Senate is in the same position, the state of Georgia. This time, the incumbent now, Raphael Warnock, who won in a special runoff election uh, two years ago in Georgia because neither he nor Herschel Walker, the, the, the candidate from hell, but still Republicans out there realizing that this meant control of the Senate one way or the other, Walker lost to Warnock by more than a point, but, no, 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 they, he lost by more than a point, but under Georgia regulations, and a, and a few states have the same regulation, if you have, if you have not gotten 50% of the vote and there was a third candidate there, then there must be a runoff. And so there will be a runoff on December the 6th, I'm told. And every, every indication is that the Senate will wind up almost precisely as it was in the last session, in the last two years. That it'll be 50, it could be 51-49 Democrats. This, there's, 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 there's still uh, the, both Nevada and, and, um, and, and uh, is it, uh, what's the other state? There's one other state there where this, there's, they're still counting and this could potentially, um, the Democrats could take this without even having to have Warnock. Again, having the vice president as the, as the deciding uh, extra vote that would, give, gives them, that would give them the control, even in a 50-50 Senate. But it looks like there's a very good chance it'll come down to a special election again. Now, now it blew the special election the last time for the Republicans. Most people, most rational humans would, would, would accept and agree was Donald Trump's interference. Trump shot his mouth off again and again, got involved in the process, and again, believing that he had to be a kingmaker, that's the only thing he could be. This, this, to be relevant, to be loved, to be, to, be in the, to be in the headline that morning. But Trump's presence and Trump's big damn mouth turned enough people off to give Warnock an unlikely victory two years ago. Herschel Walker is the candidate from hell. He has everything wrong about him, and yet he still came that close. Now, on the other hand, Jack Kemp won the governorship handily. Well, handily, by about a point or two over, uh, over uh, Abrams. One would think that should have translated down ticket to the Senate as well. It did not. People basically are not willing or people are splitting their tickets. People are voting discreetly. People are thinking. Republicans are thinking. Independents are thinking. Not not huge numbers of them, but, but large enough numbers of them are saying, no, I don't want this. Now, you take that 1% factor for the third candidate, and most of that will in all likelihood go to Warnock. That's not a Republican vote. This, would be, this candidate was put in there, in many people say, in order to hurt Warnock. <laughs> Yeah, and Trump will, could, can Trump somehow avoid the urge to become relevant once again? Once again, what do I mean by that? 
Well, be, be, before I explain the relevance thing, of course Trump can't avoid anything. Trump is a human. Trump, the man-child Trump, is a creature of compulsion and habit. And of course he will jump in. And of course he will shoot his mouth off. And of course he will do whatever works tactically for him. At that moment, that day, he doesn't have a strategic bone in his body. He'll do whatever he needs to do at that moment that he feels will get him to the, to the moment after. There has never been a more transactional human being than Donald Trump. I'll shoot you now because that's the easiest way to get out of the room. And I'll worry about what happens because of that. That's Donald Trump. Now, a very weird thing has happened. Uh, <laughs> it should have been happening in the run-up to this, to the election. It was, in a sense... But now something, the tide has shifted. I, I, I actually went out yesterday and I bought a copy of the New York Post. I live in New York. I'm right here. I'm in the area in which the new, one of the areas that the New York Post serves. I bought a paper copy, a hard copy of the New York Post. You know what it costs now? Two dollars. Oh, well, okay. You might say, well, the Times costs two fifty. Yes, it does. I mean, no one, no, one, no one that I know of bothers getting hard copies of anything, although I know many people who still love to physically open and read the New York Times. A lot of uh, people uh, of a certain age who, who remember that, that, uh, that analog, that, uh, that visceral thrill, especially the Sunday Times. But the notion that the Post is nearly as expensive, <laughs> the New York Post is nearly as expensive as, uh, as the Times, it's... Um, it's smaller, it's thinner than I ever remember. I, 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 for some reason, I mean, I, I almost imagined I was going to pay the 25 cents I remember paying for it. I think that's how much it cost the last time I bought a hard copy of the New York Post. But I, I bought it for the cover. And, and by now, many of you may have seen this. And keep in mind, by the way, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, and Fox News, Fox Cable News, the three of the, uh, well, the, 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 in, in, order of, in, in order of magnitude, the Wall Street Journal probably be the least uh, MAGA nutty, uh, Fox News uh, a bit more so, and the New York Post uh, off the scale MAGA nutty. But all three of them have over time disavowed the big lie. Okay, now some commentators that they have will on occasion do that or, or give some kind of indication that maybe, yes, uh, well, there's still some questions about the 2020 election. No, that, 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 that's, uh, that's totally disavowed now. What happened with the New York Post on uh, yesterday's Post, though, is, is, is historic beyond historic. Because the Murdoch family that runs those three things, pretty much the, the, the triumvirate of, of conservatism, that's even the worst word, of, of, of moderated MAGAism, maggotism I like to call it, allowed a cover to be printed on the New York Post or, or suggested it. It's a picture of Donald Trump's head. It's a photograph. But the body is that of Humpty Dumpty. You know, yeah, the, 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 the nursery rhyme. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty, that Humpty Dumpty, Donald's head, and and sort of a, a you know a sneering, uh, bitching, moaning, complaining Donald's head, sitting on top of Humpty's body, and Humpty is sitting on a wall, and the caption says, I, "I'm reading this to you, Don, who couldn't build a wall, had a great fall." Can all, the GOP, can all the GOP's men put the party back together again? Clearly not women. I don't know if that was intent. I'm just noticing that. I'll repeat that. Don, who couldn't build a wall, had a great fall. Can all the GOP's men put the party back together again? This is on the cover of the New York Post. 
what does that mean? It means the Murdoch family. And by the way, there was a there was a there was an editorial in the Wall Street Journal, and Fox News is is picking up the theme. I, I don't spend a lot of time with Fox News, but I gather from what I'm hearing and from speaking to people, Fox is picking up the theme. The decision has been made by the Murdochs to basically finally break with Donald, to essentially call, call, call the, the, the loser the loser, essentially to say, that the losses that have taken place since his one win in 2016, everything that's happened since has been loss on top of loss on top of loss for the Republican Party. And this trickle where there should have been the worst, it should have been a flood of biblical proportions for the Republicans is laid at the feet of one person and one person only, Donald Trump. It's laid at the feet of his ego. It's laid at the feet of his desire to simply have people, sycophants and, and, and idiots basically who will tout his, uh, his conspiracy theories run in office and all the, the, all the different uh, offices that were lost, all the governorships, all the senatorships that could have turned, all the additional congressional seats that could have been turned, they are laying at the feet of Donald Trump. Uh, so, so something, you know, it's like, could, could you have imagined that happening? Could you imagine that a week ago? that the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal and Fox News would suddenly say it's the words, it's Trump's fault. Can you, can you imagine hearing that? I, I, I wouldn't have. But I've predicted it on this show. We've predicted that at some point uh, there has to be a rational split. Well, well, this is the beginning of it. Now, add to that the fact that Ron DeSantis, who, who effectively is a Trump wannabe in many ways, in his political stances, he is against everything. He's against gays, he's against transgenders, he's against uh, wokeness, he's against abortion. He's, he's, he's pure Republican. He fits the mold that the, I guess, that the base would be comfortable with, with one exception, he doesn't kowtow or adhere to the big lie about, you know, Trump lost the election. Well, Ron DeSantis won big in Florida, re-election. Charlie Crist, I think he beat him like by, by 20 points. Huge. Crist uh, just didn't, never caught traction. It wasn't a hell of a good candidate. Crist has lost a number of times. But he just couldn't, he couldn't gain traction in Florida. And, and, and many will say that uh, uh, the Latino community or the Cuban communities, one of the things I've heard is that the Cuban Floridian communities uh, uh, anti-abortion stand is what basically, uh, re I don't know, who the hell knows. But in any event, DeSantis proved, or to Republicans, he seems to have proved, to the, to the Murdoch family, he seems to have proved, that he has, by virtue of the size of his win, in a year when Republicans have been trashed every place else, and I guess by dint of his presence as a personality, and for lack of anyone else being out there with any kind of bona fides, to take on Donald credibly, that the, the Murdoch family, through their vehicles, through their conservative, for lack of a better word, vehicles, has declared Ron DeSantis the new standard bearer of the Republican Party. No, not Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis. And what is Trump to, what? If you're Donald Trump, you know, just, just the playbook has one page, one paragraph. What do you do? You attack. How do you know that Ron DeSantis is now where he's supposed to be? Because instantly Trump calls him Ron DeSanctimonious. 
and says that and begins pointing out how many votes he got, Trump got, in 2016 or 20, and comparing them to how many votes, and some kind of cockamamie, laying, you know, put him on the bar sort of a mentality, and somehow trying to twist it and never ever, of course, taking responsibility for the basic fact that DeSantis, by avoiding Trump during this election cycle, came out better than virtually anybody else at that level around the country. Any, anyone else with a possibility of achieving political ascendancy. DeSantis has been playing Trump like, like a harp. And he's, 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 he's been the Trump lookalike except he's not accepting the Trump big lie. And he just may have pulled it off. Now, where does this leave the Republican Party? It leaves them... <laughs> and again, is, is this really... Is this a fait accompli? No. Uh, is there still a loyal base out there who didn't vote in Florida, uh, who basically would follow Trump uh, to the proverbial uh, grave, uh, uh, no matter what he says, no matter what he does, it will, will look for the next conspiracy theory and will embrace it and cue and whatever the hell else comes. And whatever, as long as Donald says yes, they'll, does that go away instantly? No. No. Is there going to be a primary fight? Ah, there will be a primary fight if Donald decides to run. Because I can tell you right now, once the Murdochs have put the word out that DeSantis is the heir apparent to the Republican nomination, you don't walk away from that kind of steam. You don't walk away from that kind of force. You don't, you don't say, well, this might not be the cycle for me. When, when you watch this the, the so-called tsunami barely be a trickle, and you know and the world can see, obviously, that this was because we went through the same, the cycle was repeated, the Donald BS cycle was repeated. No, this is not the moment when a Ron DeSantis says, well, you know, I, th I, th I, think, I think we still have to give uh, the base a chance to work with Trump, and I'll, I'll give Donald four more years, and, and I, I'll still be young. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, Republicans eat their dead, and and they and they and they and they sort of uh, uh, move along their demise date uh, at will, and 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 Donald's demise is now a prediction by the Murdoch family. There will be, there will be uh, a bloodletting. As part of the Republican, there will be a primary fight that will come down to uh, Trump and, and DeSantis. And it will be bloody. It will be a mess. It's going to be ugly. Could DeSantis do better if he were to wait out one more cycle? The argument I would make, and I'm sure the argument that's being made in any form, uh, in anything resembling intelligent Republican political circles, is that no, if we allow Trump to go one more cycle and put him up as our leader, with him as damaged as he is, all he's going to do is take us further down. We have to stop the bleeding by maybe having one more big bloody battle. If that's the only way to stop the bleeding, because Trump is bleeding us to the point of irrelevancy, we will not be able to literally win dog catcher. All of those claims, everything about uh, we're, we're going to take, we're going to completely remanufacture the entire uh, electoral process. All of our secretaries of state are going to be there and they'll flip the vote. There'll never be a Democrat elected in this state and that state. And all these governors, we're getting rid of uh, Gretchen Whitman. We're, we're, getting, we're getting rid of everybody. We're going to. No. 
No, didn't happen. Didn't happen in anywhere near the, the side. It, it, and, it didn't, and, and it's not happening. Both is a testament to the rationality of people seeing through the crap and the BS and the fact that Donald is not, that Donald is nothing but smoke and mirrors. Always has been. Donald is a show. Donald is, Donald is, Donald exists as long as you don't change the dial. Donald requires an audience. If the audience isn't there, there isn't any Donald. Donald exists in the microphone. He exists on the screen. He exists over the speaker. He is an image that appears. There is no fundamental anything about him because he can't remain fundamentally anything. He is in a perpetual tactical morphing mode. He has to become whatever we know the basic parameters of how he will morph on any given day. But there's nothing of substance there. There's no leadership. There's no established mechanisms within him or that are passing through him that are critical to the future of the Republican Party. And dear God, certainly not to the success and the future and the positive evolution of the United States. He just, there's nothing there. DeSantis is smart enough to understand that and to also, and he will, as he prepares himself for the, for the, um, for the, for the primary fight that's up ahead, he will position himself. I, 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 I guarantee you he's going to tact more towards the middle. Trump tried this in 2016 and it worked. Hillary beat him, but she lost the electoral count. Uh, Trump basic, uh, uh, DeSantis will tact towards the middle, try to play down his abortion stance, try to play down a lot of his anti-gay, anti-everything-else stance, and try to become a more rational, inclusive leader, realizing that the pure divisional political game that Trump played even in 2016 and certainly played completely in 2020, that's not going to work right now. People will recognize the Trumpishness of his positions if he chooses to stay in a purely Trumpian mode, and that will not translate into a positive for him. Yes, he'll win Florida, I guess, but he won't win the presidency. Now, no matter what he does, according to the pundits right now, whether Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or anyone else ran against him, DeSantis loses right now. And one would think, well, you know, you know, look, look at what just happened. My God, you can't predict anything. Even a week out, two weeks out, the polls are wrong. No, in this case, you can be somewhat predictive because DeSantis is going to do battle in a primary war against Trump. Trump is not going to back down. Trump can't. To back down for Trump is the equivalent of giving in to his fears, and Trump is a man of, of inestimable fear, of some of the greatest fear in the history of mankind. The man lives in a state of perpetual fear about not being. I think he, he probably believes he will, you know, if he doesn't hear his name in the press or something constantly, he, he's afraid that if he looks in the mirror, there will be no image there, or it'll be someone else, or he'll become Joe Biden, which he wouldn't mind because basically at least he's president. And then again, Donald Trump was a Democrat for most of his life anyway. Uh, Trump is just a mass of fear, basically hidden behind bravura and bluster that he has perfected into an art form that now most people are beginning to see through, not the whole base, and certainly not in time to avoid the bloodbath of a primary that's about to take place within the Republican Party. Now, 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 there's two other things worth thinking about here. 
The one is the Kevin McCarthy uh, chest thumping, I'm about to take over and I'm wonderful and oh boy, are we going to have fun doing investigations of Hunter Biden and we're going to investigate Joe and we're going to investigate all of his legislative and we're going to have another committee and we're going to, and this is all going to be just like the the, the the, the January 6th commission and we're going to, boy, we're going to get, and we're going to prove that Joe Biden is incapable. Joe Biden had the worst I didn't add this little bit factoid. Joe Biden has the worst approval rating of any president in the modern era as we went into this uh, midterm election. Some, somewhere in the mid... Trump wasn't this low at that point. Joe Biden is, has the lowest, I think, I think since Harry Truman at this point. Although Truman won re-election. Keep that in mind. Uh, and with that... Uh, you know, you would think that if there's going, the, the Republican get even, break down, destroy, maim, childish, kicking, screaming, wham, Donald-ishness would be the type of thing that Kevin McCarthy is, is saying that he, he, he wants to do. McCarthy is the one who went down to Mar-a-Lago after he'd condemned Trump for the January 6th, you know, uh, insurrection. And eight days later was literally kissing his ring in Mar-a-Lago. And many people attribute that particular move to, <laughs> to Trump's capacity to resurrect and do more than that, remain a leader, and the Republicans' inability to figure out what the hell else to do about it. And, and, and McCarthy feels as though that's been his anointment statement. I think McCarthy is misreading the tea leaves again. He's, he's, not, a, he's not a smart tactician or a, a good strategic thinker one way or the other. He's not a smart guy. He's a bit of a dolt. And he clearly has no principles He'll flip-flop anyway, and he's done it so obviously and so openly. But to feel as though he can simply go ahead and begin, based on what they assume would be a red wave, go ahead and start, and now we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Biden down for 2024 because we're going to have we're going to have hearings about his son. The, the Justice Department has already has been investigating Hunter Biden. I mean, it's, it's not like, well, we may give a referral to the Justice Department as a result of these hearings, if it were a serious, rational investigation. No, the Justice Department has its own version of a referral. It's referred it to itself. It is investigating Biden. Now, whether or not he'll be indicted and whether or not, I mean, that will play out. And, of course, that fact will be coming out in, 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 in bold, writ bold immediately. The uh, threat to essentially uh, screw the budget uh, by, until Biden agrees to undo some of his legislation and we will not renew Medicare and Medicaid. We are basically, again, foot-stomping fist-pounding, wah-wah, sitting on the floor, crying and screaming. Do you have the political capital to be that Trump-like and absolutely asinine after what just happened? Can you, can you put on a Trump mask and play the fool and expect that to basically carry the day with the American people, that the American people won't get pissed off if you try to destroy Medicare and Medicaid. They won't get pissed off if you refuse to pass the budget. They, 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 they won't notice that it's the Republicans simply trying to be Donald again for as long as they can. No, no one's going to recognize that fact. Can you do that when you've had a trickle as opposed to a tsunami and you're about to have a major, uh, a major fight in the primary for who will represent the party in 2024? My, my, the short answer, my, my immediate reaction is no. I think McCarthy, well, then again, see, McCarthy's dumb as a box of rocks. So he may... He may feel, again, not being able to think these things through particularly well, but hopefully others will guide him that can think. He, he may feel as though he can go ahead and he can, uh, he'll just do this. 
somehow, some way, this will translate into a positive for the Republicans. Whereas I would think the Mitch McConnells of the world will look at him and try to take him aside and say, asshole, back away. Just do nothing. Do what we normally do. Nothing. Be a blockade. Block things down. But for God's sake, do not elevate do not balderize our loss. Do not pretend that we have the, the control and the sway and the influence on the American people that will allow us to get away with the dirty, underhanded tactics that we would otherwise feel perfectly comfortable utilizing. There's that. And then there's the question of, okay, Donald has said that he will announce, he's, there's going to be a big announcement at Mar-a-Lago on, I, what, what did he say? It was going to be on the 15th. So today is Tuesday the 11th. Uh, no, today was, no, today's Friday. So 13th is uh, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Monday, too. So Tuesday the 15th, next, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, he supposedly is going to announce and, and this, of course, is going to put fear in the heart of, supposedly, of, of Ron DeSantis. And it's supposed to, of course, negate DeSantis. Once I've announced in Trump's tactical mind, that'll shut them up for the moment, for that day. He doesn't matter what, what he can't, he, he, he's not calculating ahead of that. If he does that, he elevates the bold, he, he elevates the, the stupidity that has been brought out, the insignificance, his, the, the sheer destructive nature, the, the, the fact that the Murdoch empire has turned against him. He elevates that and he, and he gives reason to basically now have him not just blamed, but attacked. Now, he'll have to be literally taken off that perch. It's one thing to say that you're, that you're a loser, that you're basically bringing the party down, and to declare something about that. The normal, a normal human being recognizes that, well, wait a minute, let me, let me be a bit more cautious in what I say and what I do. Of course, Donald's not capable of that. He has, he has only an on switch, the, the pedal is always to the metal. There is, no, there is no steering wheel. There is no reverse gear. He can't do anything but go straight ahead full force because he's afraid to slow down. His, his, his every instinct in him tells him that the fear of being irrelevant is basically driving him constantly. He has no strategic vision other than his own survival. So... If he goes, if he actually finds a way to even make the vehicle go faster, which he very well may, now it becomes a question of literally taking him down, removing him from that perch. Please don't do this, say a whole bunch of people around him. Don't declare next Tuesday. Don't, don't declare for the presidency. It's going to create huge problems for us. You're going to be acting as though you've, well, you're going to be doing the same bullshit you always do. You're going to lie. You're going to pretend that you won when you lost. And you're going to ask everybody to go along with it. And we're not. The Murdochs have already told you. Fox has told you. The Wall Street Journal has told you. The New York Post has told you. We're not going along with this crap. You now are going to start an internal war probably a lot sooner and a lot more viciously than it might otherwise be. You will guarantee that DeSantis will be in there and he's going to start slugging away at you. And even if he can't take you down for primary purposes this time around, when you lose in 2024 and once again attempt a big lie, DeSantis will now be able to run his heel on your neck. And that'll be it. You're over. You're done. How do you want to go down, Donald? Maybe Donald in his mind knows that the only way to go down, maybe he can't see this. He could fear it. He can't, he can't structure it. He can't perform accordingly. 
but maybe in his mind he has to blow up and burn out. Maybe, maybe a huge explosion is the only way he can imagine leaving the, the, the platform, leaving the stage, and of course he can't really imagine leaving the platform. But self-immolation would seem to be on the horizon for him if he declares for president next Tuesday. And the Republican Party will be driven into the state of chaos that it's tried to pretend it's not already in for years now. It'll all become apparent because the Donald, they will begin, people will have to say what they've all known and were not willing to say. He's been nothing but a destructive force. He's all smoke and mirrors. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a nut. Now, and now the hatred and the killing is going to come from the inside. All of the sniping, all of the insanity is all going to be internally generated. There's no way around that. And it comes from Donald opening his big, stupid mouth next Tuesday simply because he doesn't know where else to go. Does this affect... Ah, Merrick Garland and the Justice Department. If I were Merrick Garland, I would take between now and Tuesday to issue the first indictment against Donald. I would do the Mar-a-Lago secret documents... I would begin that, I would, issue, I would issue an indictment now. And with that indictment, I would make sure that people understood and reemphasize the fact that one of the penalties for one of the three major criminal acts that, are, that will be named in that indictment is that the person convicted, if convicted, can never run for political office again in the United States, any political office. That would seem to include the presidency. That would mean that Donald will probably have a make-believe inauguration or maybe will try to, I don't know, run in a separate, non-regular uh, election. He'll, have a, uh, he'll, he'll be on a ballot that, well, he'll have someone else print them and he'll run for president of, uh, of, of Magonia, uh, or I don't know, or on, on, on Inauguration Day in 2025, whether it's Biden or Harris uh, that actually takes the oath of office, Trump will, of course, attempt to have a, a counter, um, a, a, a counter uh, uh, inauguration. He will... If, if, if the trial is, to, if any of the trials have taken place by then, obviously he will have been convicted and he probably will be incarcerated. He can still, I, there have been indicted people who have run for office, but think of what a Trump indictment would do for a Ron DeSantis going into a primary. The base is going to go wild. They're, they're, you know, the, the, the sense of betrayal and, and, and who's betraying whom is the next question. I mean, who? Is DeSantis betraying Trump? Is Trump betraying the, the party? Is it, is, it's all going to come <coughs> just crashing down. And a week ago, I would have argued that uh, unless... Uh, Merrick Garland gets these indictments out, the, the main indictment now for the Mar-a-Lago-related crimes. Unless he gets that out before Trump declares, he will be accused of blah, 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 trying to affect an election, blah, blah, blah. Not, I'm not as worried that Garland won't do it before next Tuesday. I think strategically, or tactically at this point, you know, I think it would be a great tactic to do that because it begins the demise of the Republican Party all the sooner. It makes, a, it makes a Kevin McCarthy, who's looking forward still in his pea brain to a Trump-like world of just, or a Trump-inspired world, to basically just wreck the Democrats and do every kind of an investigation and do nothing and basically prove once again that the Republicans are incapable of ruling, they're only capable of destroying. In other words, to, to emulate Trump, it, it, it forces that 
to be perceived for what exactly it is and completely out of step with the reality, the political realities that now face the Republican Party. So, so whenever, whenever Garland does that, and I assume, let's say, let's assume that the Republicans actually do wind up taking the, the control of the House, any time before the, that, the, the swearing in in January that Trump essentially gets indicted, and it would have to happen before then, any time that that happens, the, the capacity for a... a, a uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy to do a th chest-thumping, kill them all, based on obvious lies and obvious misdirection and a complete incapacity to actually act in a governing way, begins to turn backwards on the Republicans, and then now, but, 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 but will we go for Donald? Will we go for DeSantis? It's going to be hell on earth for Republicans as they go into this primary season. Pure hell on earth. There's no way around this. I, I don't say this with great glee. The Republicans didn't have to wind up here. They could have, they, they could have avoided this any number of times, but they haven't out of, out of their own fear, out of their own incapacity, out of their own... Um, what? Their, their, their own cowardice. That's the right word. Cowardice. Their, their desire to just go along, to get along because it was easier and we really don't have to do anything. Let Donald do all the work for us. What is there for us to do? All we have to do is just be elected and have power. That's all we're there for. And then we just, and we play ball with the people who support us. Well, all politics is that to some extent, but there's something more and it's the reason why America has survived for over 240 years, that, that ultimately there is a vision, there is an evolution. We keep moving forward. We keep building. We go for, with a lot of bumps in the road, a more perfect union. It's how we roll. The Republicans are not into that. They're not into America. They're into tearing down for the sake of tearing down so they can only build themselves up. That's where Donald leaves you. When you embrace Donald, you invariably, in, and, and un, maybe unthinkingly or unintentionally, embrace his, not only his psyche, but his soul, the, the very essence of the man, which is to destroy. The Republicans have embraced that. The base has embraced that. They're only going to understand the full impact of that as the primary wars between Donald and Ron DeSantis take over, and or uh, as the indictment comes down from Merrick Garland, and or if, 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 if uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, uh, if, if the Republicans do take the Congress, take the House, and Kevin McCarthy instantly attempts to begin a series of Trump-like investigations, you're going to see all hell break loose again. Don't do that. This is how we lose elections, shout Republicans. We don't care how pro-Donald we are. We don't want to lose our seats. We're only in it for the power. And if we don't have elections, and if we're not elected, we don't have the power. And we didn't get all the people in place to, to fix the books for us for the next election. So please don't do this because you're just going to... No, says Kevin. I, 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 I got a, a, a Donald says. Who the hell cares what Donald says? But, 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 but he's done. But, but he's done. Well, I. But why not? Bang, 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 bang. Crash. Pieces flying everywhere. Ugh. Oh, Republicans, you brought this on yourself. You brought it on the country, but you've largely brought it on yourselves. And I. We also have, oh, did I mention the rest of the world watching this? Well, that's, that's for another show, probably our next show. But the Republicans have brought this on themselves, and now we're going to have to watch it all play out. And we do it from the perspective of Veterans Day, uh, honoring all those people, all of those men and women who have served the United States in some not terribly intelligent uh, conflicts that we have supported in recent years, but they've done their duty 
And in many ways, they have kept us safe. Could they have done a better job of it in some instances? Yeah. But they were following reasonably lawful orders. Maybe not strategically wise, but arguably lawful. And they did it with the best intentions of serving their country. And for that, they must be thanked and rewarded, especially those who've given their lives in the service of this country. And that, that's not just for the most recent wars, it's for everything we've gone through in our past. The ugly stuff, the important stuff, the necessary stuff, the unnecessary stuff. The Vietnams, the World War II's, all of it. These are the people who had to do it, while the fat old men, basically, you know, the image of this backroom cigar smoking, deal making, uh, let's cancel this, it'll only cost us a million, well, we'll get a million people back, no problem, that's war, you know, it has, has to be. These guys joined knowing that would be the, you know that game. We have to honor these people and honor the significance of their service. And it's going to be a lovely fall day. Well, there's supposed to be some rain later, and there's talk of some uh, very windy conditions on Long Island Sound and around the city. But up here in the Hudson Valley, it should be rainy, but nice. It's a fall day. More leaves will fall. Mostly they are fallen already. You can almost, almost see down to the river through the trees. I'm, there's a lot more gaps in them. And there's a surprising number of leaves that are still green around here also. So I don't know. With the wind and the breeze later, maybe a lot of that will come down. Remember our veterans. Remember the people who have served, so many of whom have come back with traumatic physical and mental injury. They were serving their country. It seemed like the right thing to do. Hopefully we can make it the rightest thing to do as we go forward, as we attempt to create a more perfect union. But with that, fasten your seatbelts, Republicans especially. You're in for a very, very bumpy ride. While you're in that car and maybe there's one flat and you're on a bump, ease the pain a little. Turn on the radio and enjoy a little more jazz. This is Richard Gazer. 
You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. It's 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 coming. The the, the chickens are coming home to roost. The tr- the New York Post calls Trump Trumpy Dumpty. Uh, the, the 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 man has gone ahead and occasioned the biggest reversal of fortune in what should have been a tsunami year for Republicans that has ever possibly happened. Where do we go from here? Well, it looks like it's going to be Republican Civil War.